Fitzstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Trevor Scott, and with me as always is Ben Slinger. I am, and I was about to do the intro because I forgot it was your turn, so I'm glad you <laughs> just started before I could get it out. <laughs> That's okay. So, what are we going to do this week, Trevor? What's the plan, Stan? You know what we haven't done for a while? Click pitch? Ramped up click pitch. <laughs> Ooh, a ramped up click pitch. Okay. Uh, so, I will explain what this is. So, a regular click pitch, we each have a random word generator in front of us. And on the count of three, two, one, click, we click refresh and get a word and make that into a game design. But with ramped up click pitch, instead of a word, we get a phrase uh, generally, we do adjective noun, uh, but we can, you know, maybe mix that up here and there. Adjective verb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we will do two words. Yes. Each and uh, see where that takes us. So, shall we uh, begin? Three, two, one, click. Yeah. Supernatural windpipe. <laughs> Permanent activating. <laughs> okay. Supernatural windpipe. There's a ghost in my throat. <laughs> I've, I've just got. I've just got this like almost a banjo kazooie sort of feeling of this guy who's going around doing all this stuff, and you find out like there's a ghost that lives in his throat who talks to just him. Lives, and- just yeah, just sits back there. Well, maybe it can talk, for, maybe because it's in his throat, the only way it can manifest is through, like, altering what he says. Like, it can it can talk for him, but it uses a different voice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it's- Ooh, okay. I've got I, don't, an idea. I don't know about the Banjo-Kazooie, like, I don't know if it's a platformer, but yeah, like, that kind of- It's kind of buddy comedy in that way. Yeah. Okay, it's a co-op adventure game, but- Okay, one a co-op adventure. Game. One okay. person controls the um, the movement options, and one person uh, like controls the dialogue. Okay, and can basically I like that. The idea being that you sort of like if, remember when we played um, until dawn, where we kept on swapping back and forward. I'm imagining mm-hmm. that's sort of like a couch game that one person gets to select the dialogue option. Yeah, and, and the other person gets to do basically all the other verbs that are involved in, a, in an adventure. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, That's cool. I like the idea of being able to, you know, sort of set it as like a, a switching sort of thing that during one scene you'll be controlling the movement and and the other person controls the um the dialogue, if you know what I mean. So you can sort of switch over at the start of each scene. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could design it that way. I, I think it'd also be you could do it in a way that each person has their own controller. Yep. And yeah, you literally just have control over over that aspect of the gameplay, and then you can bring that into the design, where you obviously you give <laughs> you give each person the opportunity to fuck things up too, because that's the that's the the uh, best part about those sort of. Especially if it would be a um a comedic sort of thing, in, exactly. in the vein of of like a um a LucasArts game, where basically yeah. I, I'm thinking 
that the person could be trying to trying to sneak through sneak through a um like an airport or something like that being not being noticed, but the other person can like be throwing out like um insults and all this sort of what? stuff to, to people Exa- just to yeah. just to really fuck with them. Exactly. So I think it I I think what you'd want to do is I, I think you go three D. Yep. Three D third person with it. And you'd have um I, I think most of the time you want to give both players the op- opportunity to be able to do at least something here and there. Yep. So yeah, while you're walking along, uh, the the character who's doing the voice can just like choose from a selection of whether you do actual pre-selected lines or just like a type of one. So you can say, "All right, throw out an insult, throw out a compliment, throw out a joke." Um, ju- you know, just scream. <laughs> <laughs> and and if you you know if you do it well enough you could have just funny reactions from people in the environment to these different things at different times so you're walking down the street down the street and suddenly you just start screaming randomly and you know people will comment on it or run away or something you know mm-hmm. uh but yeah obviously then the, at the, from the puzzle point of view you know i mean you're going to be working together but at the end of the day, one person has control over pick this up, use this inventory item, etc., and the other person has control over what gets selected in dialogues and when you actually talk to someone. Like, they have the option to start a dialogue with anyone who's nearby at any time. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think the permanent activating, I think that can come into it in in the way of, like, there's a, there's a, a permanent solution to... Like maybe eradicate the ghost. That well, I think so. Well, let's let's talk about how this person has a ghost in their throat. <laughs> so my thought was that there was a robbery, and uh, the person like there was a, there was a bank robbery. Mm-hmm. All right, let's let's name these characters. Let's figure out these characters. Let's make the so there was a man at the bank. He was just doing his regular bank business, mm-hmm. and then there was a bank robbery, and there were three uh, bank robbers. Yes, and the shit hit the fan. Things were going badly. Mm-hmm. The cops came. This one bank robber, a woman, was trying to be like a hero. She stands up in front of the other man who was doing his bank business. The cop shoots her. It goes through her head and through the other guy's throat. <laughs> okay, I was I was hoping that you you were going to say something like um, the the guy you know who is just at the bank doing the banking business sort of stuff has a heart attack, and she gives him mouth to mouth, and like the soul comes out and gets attached into her throat as she's like giving him mouth to mouth. Something like that, right? No, well, my thought shot. was that the bullet- <laughs> But the fact that the bullet went through her head and his throat is is what connected them in that way, in that very specific way. So, he wakes <laughs> up in the hospital, tries to talk. He can't. The, the nurse or the doctor says, like, I'm sorry, but you've lost your vocal cords. And then you hear a woman's voice come out of him saying, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) 
and the, but the guy has no control of it. And that, like, starts it out. And then they have to have a way of communicating where he's, like, he's writing. Can she see? Can she see what's... I think maybe she'd have to be able to see what's yeah. around. Yeah, I, I think she's, just she's got a, a full ghost set sense. of senses and all that sort of stuff. She just can't interact with anything other than speaking. I think maybe she, like, tries to get out. Like, there's a scene where you see her her spirit, like, try to crawl out of his mouth, out of his throat, and get snapped back in, and they figure out that, like, oh, well, I'm a ghost. I must have unfinished business, and I'm stuck here. Yep. <laughs> and that's how they have to, like, help each other. I don't know why, but I, I kind of, I'm kind of feeling a little bit awkward about the girl being killed. Yeah, I think it's fine when it's kicking off the character like this. You're not quite fridging yeah. her because she becomes the main character. At least, and she's not. At least, you know, you, you're now trying to um, trying to work out what the what the, you know, may, maybe she's trying to stop this from being a permanent thing. She wants to move on to the to the afterlife. And yeah, look, I think you you obviously develop them both as a character as well, and then really get to know each of them and. They start off on on opposite sides. It's very much a a buddy comedy kind of thing where they're mismatched. Yeah, but but end up being good friends by the end. And hopefully, the the, the people in the co op um also become good friends by the end and don't still try <laughs> try to fuck each other up. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe the stakes of that can become more and more serious as you go along. You know, so if you if you call out insults. When you're trying to sneak through, uh, you know the 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 other bank robbers uh, hide out mm-hmm. because you're trying to steal something for her. Then you know that's actually you just get shot and die. Yeah, or you get shot through the throat again and <laughs> like shot through the throat. And you're, you're to, to blame. blame. Now there's a ghost in my throat. <laughs> I couldn't think of a rhyme. Okay, so I'm thinking that. Um, I just, I just wanted to point out, sorry, just, just around, because I think it is important to point out problematic tropes and that sort of thing. Uh, I, I was thinking of going the other way where a man is killed and ends up in a woman's throat, but then there's, there's a, like, I feel like it'd be, and not that we would write it this way, but like a woman speaking with a deep man's voice is very much a like trans, transphobic yeah. trope around transgenderism and that sort of thing. So that's actually why I went that way. Okay. Um, I was going to say something about the gameplay, and I've forgotten. If I remember it later on in some other game, I'll come back. <laughs> Sorry. <to it. laughs> but yeah, it's, um, no, that, like that'd be cool. I, I, I just think there's there's a lot of comedic things. Oh, that's right. I was going to go. Um, I'm just imagining like going through an airport, get to get to you know the um get to the end and you have like that scene from total recall of the two weeks <laughs> and you just try to try to totally fuck with the <laughs> fuck with the character yeah okay is. i like that where, where the the person who's controlling the ghost can just like get the guy arrested because you're going through a checkpoint or whatever and and <laughs> they're really super suspicious already yeah <laughs> I'm just imagine fucking like those fucking TSA agents, man. They're intense. I don't. I wouldn't know. I've never been outside of this country. 
Well, take my word for it. It's much, it's much preferable. It's much more preferable going from um, the US to Canada and having to deal with nice Canadian um, border agents than the other way. Fair enough. Okay, three, two, one, click. Yeah. Square specification. Efficient ring with a W, W R I N G, like Ooh. to ring out. A towel or something. So, <laughs> I think we've had a towel snapping game before. Mm-hmm. But there could be more than one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think last time it was like a, a platformer that instead of a whip, like a Castlevania whip, you just had a towel. <laughs> I feel like we also talked about a VR version. Right? Yeah. Now that's sort of coming so into So let's not go down that road. And square specification. Yeah. All right. Um, this is boring, mm-hmm. but I'm going to say it anyway because this is improv and you say what comes to mind. Face cloth factory. <laughs> <laughs> They're square and you ring them out. Maybe you've got to like design. Design a flannel. To like <laughs> test. The, yeah, like test the flannel face cloth. Squareness, it's like, like it, like you- twists them, measures the square. Yeah, I don't know what the game is. Maybe, maybe you're looking to try and find like the golden ratio. You know, so it's that sort of golden rectangle idea. Uh-huh. <laughs> the perfect size to be able to clean your face without it being uncomfortably large. Yeah, I- I'm imagining <laughs> too that- small, choke you. I- I'm just sort of imagining that it's like people they the new CEO of this um of this face cloth of this flannel factory has realized that the majority of people's faces are actually sort of longer than what they are wide. So right. you don't need square but you actually need that rectangle and the you know the golden rectangle for, for a face cloth is actually <laughs> I don't know. So look, I don't think there's a ton of gameplay in that that we want to dig into, but from a narrative point of view, it could be an interesting place to start. It's when the government agents came in to basically stop them from from turning flannels into rectangles, they realised that they were onto something. <laughs> that's that's the start of a novel. You've, that's the first line in a novel. It was when the government agents came in to stop them from <laughs> making rectangular flannels that they knew they were onto something. They were handed like the um the square accords in which the square was the specification for all flannels. <laughs> square accords. No flannels may have one one side longer than another. <laughs> okay, so what's the reason? It was the best of times, it was the worst of times. <laughs> uh. <laughs> What's the what's the reason for for why they must be square? What are the government trying to cover up? What don't they want the people to find out about rectangular flannels? Well, I think what um if you remember that like Rick and Morty episode where Rick gets like that laser to to make the most perfectly flat surface and then Morty stands on it and he can't stand it anymore. I think it's kind of like that. Yeah. But, um, once people realise how good a rectangular face cloth feels on their face, like th- they basically suffocate because they never want to remove it from their face. <laughs> they never want to take it off. 
the perfectly rectangular, the golden ratio flannel that once you put it on, you are physically and emotionally incapable. You effectively waterboard yourself. (laughs) (laughs) For removing it. Okay, I mean, this could be a benevolent government. You know, I don't think it's been done before in, you know, the world, but (laughs) the idea is is there. (laughs) No, I just usually want to make the government the bad guy. Uh, But okay, so... What were your words again? I'm just still going with the square specification. Efficient ring. Efficient ring. Okay, so that's why we So maybe that's part of it is... Yeah, that's why it's the flannel. And maybe that's part of it as well. Like, there's the perfect amount of material there that when you wring it out, there's just the just the right amount of moisture left. Yep. So that you're not waterboarding yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as you take it off, which you then can't. <laughs> have, have you have you seen these um cloth that you can now buy that you can basically put like hot water onto them, okay. and then like. You wring them out a bit, and you snap them a couple of times, and they stay cool for like an hour. It's like you can put oh. no matter what what type of water on it. It's like this special fabric that basically turns cool based on like some sort of evaporation yeah. thing going on. Like Bianca's actually got one, and we haven't tried it yet. But I tried one at, at like uh, the local shopping center. Won't bother mentioning mm. which one because no one lives around this area. Um, and did you stand there for an hour to test no, it? No, I, I put it on. <laughs> like, they, they put boiling hot water that I could see the steam. Then they- Oh, you know, I see. Okay. Rung it out and put it around around my neck. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, it's just perfectly cool and- It's cold. It's freezing cold. And it's like- That's bizarre. It's weird. But I'm thinking, you know, sort of like that's the efficient ring. <laughs> right. But anyway. Um, so- um, So- <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, we've been doing this too long. Uh, is uh, who do you play then? Do you play the owner of the people of the factory making these things? Yeah, or I, like I the think head of the research division or something. I think Leah the is the head of the um, research division, and she's just been made like CEO because she's the daughter of the matriarch of the of the flannel empire, and then she's right. sort of been doing all this research and. <laughs> Nepotism. <laughs> no, she earned it. She's yeah. the head of research. Head of research, and she was the she was the obvious choice to succeed. Yeah, and plus, you know, she's the she's the only one from the family. Yeah, and so okay, so she's been made CEO, and so now she's got the power to actually put money, more money, into research into uh, into something she's been wanting to try for the longest time. Yep. Which is non-square flannels. Yes. Did her predecessor know? Is that why they like prevented this research from happening in the past? Did they know that it was gonna that there was something? I I think what it comes know, that, out that if, that if you start experimenting with non-square flannels, then eventually you're gonna reach that golden ratio, and you know it's destroyed civilizations. <laughs> That's how the dinosaurs died out. Well, I, I just I like the I like the idea that she sort of comes into into being the CEO. She's looking through the safe and she comes across these files that basically show like this video of of this 
guy putting putting the flannel on his face, and then they showed like <laughs> time lapse photography of of footage of basically you know it's days later and he still hasn't taken the flannel off his face. <laughs> it's like fighting people off who are trying to help him. <laughs> no, it's so comfortable. <laughs> You'll never take my flannel. And when it got dry, you know, he kept on like pouring water onto it because it felt so nice to have water on the flannel and basically waterboarded himself. <laughs> oh my god. I do love <laughs> Yeah, okay. It's like the seventies or something. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm picturing the like an old seventies haircut sort of thing, or even sixties yeah. and you know, you see flower power in the background. <laughs> totally. Just this like dodgy, you know, home home filmed. Yeah. Um, okay. So, but then does she do it anyway? Like she sees this warning, and and she she basically blows it off as as, or does she try to weaponize it? But <laughs> <laughs> she's evil. <laughs> it's just like airdrop these perfect flannels onto the enemy troops. They all suffocate themselves. <laughs> um, well, you know, if if it's a branching adventure game, then maybe yeah, that's the way that you could you could take it. <laughs> Well, or maybe it's that her, like, second-in-command has ties to the military or something. Like, they want- They're like, okay, now that your grandmother is dead, you know, your CEO, we can- We're going to do this. And And they're who show- They're who show her the video and stuff. Like, they know it's dangerous. They want to make weapons from it. And they're trying trying to, you know- give them a lucrative contract to to develop these things. Yeah. This is actually turning into a kind of a, a cool narrative adventure <laughs> game. Yeah. <laughs> Look, this is the best the best ideas come out of stupid shit. Yeah. Um like fucking non okay, so flannels. I'm thinking that you've got the kind government agent who, you know, wants to wants to put a stop to this. Like Yep. But then you've got the um you got the sort of Guy who wants to capitalize on it, the warmonger, the warmonger the, the, who, yeah, who basically is trying to, trying to, you know, convince you to uh, to allow them to do it. But um, I'm thinking that his plans are actually to give it to like the poor to to wipe out the poor or something like that. You know, oh d- god. So yeah. you know, it turns into. Um, I'm thinking maybe early on you can you can basically say that you know the the homeless population or something like that has been. Getting unruly and just in, in like news. Well, or just sort of I stuff, mean, or in, in, there doesn't growing. even have look. There, there doesn't even have to be any change in in what homeless people are no. doing for some fucking asshole in government to want to wipe them all out. Yeah. So, but maybe like maybe the numbers could be rising, yeah. and there are again good reasons for that in the real world right now. Yeah, just a little bit wealth wealth inequality and that sort of thing. So. So yeah, their solution is we'll just wipe out the the poor and ho- and homeless. But, uh, but they and- the, but they'll be happy while <laughs> while you know going. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah they've done like they've done like MRIs and stuff to just measure the brain activity once someone puts one of these things on, and it's just like fires endorphins into their brain constantly because of the the sheer pleasure of it. It just it perfectly covers the face, you know. There's there's that. It's basically from here to. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. I know. 
All they want to do is pour water over their flannel face. <laughs> it feels so good even until they suffocate and die. Oh, man. Oh, uh, but I think there's some, maybe something about the material as well that this company has a patent on. Like, they can't actually just go to a different flannel company. Yep. They have to They have to deal with, with this company. Fanny's flannels. Uh, Fanny was the, the grandmother. Three, two, one, click. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yep. Give me yours. Supported Bishop. Three unloading. Is this a game about moving into a new chapel? <laughs> as long as the bishop is considered a like a chess piece. Okay, okay. Oh wait. Or is this an aliens game? Ridley Scott's aliens. <laughs> <laughs> because three unloading could be like unloading weapons. Yep. Okay. So it's a co op game. Mm-hmm. It's a three-player co-op. Okay, yep. Yep. Um, you all yep. play Bishop. You all play Bishop. Okay. Well, he is an android. He's an android. So, basically, if so you die, you copies. can just be- You can be reconstituted. You're like reconstituted or whatever. Yeah. Three bishops. inject some white milk blood. Yeah. And I, I kind of like the idea of- you know, it's up to three players. So if you if you just play as a one player game, you get two other bishops that that come with you, but you can control them individually or let the AI control them, sort of thing. So okay, you can sort of switch between bishops. your bishops to to do. Okay, is this a is this a first or third person shooter? Is there a more tactical aspect, perhaps? Just because you're saying switching between them, it made me think of a kind of dragon. Um, What's the fucking Knights of the Republic sort of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Bioware style yeah, yeah. party based. Um, what's the drag? Dragon, Dragon Age. Dragon Age. Yeah, like Dragon Age esque, kind of RPG ish, a bit more tactical style sort of thing. Yeah, but you <laughs> you play three bishops. You can customize them. Yeah, you can make you can and make even them have different, totally different. different like and even have like different loadouts of of skills and stuff. Yeah. Um, again, they're androids. I mean, I know that the androids in the Alien series are mostly just- Why are they even there? Like, they just look and act like people. Why do they make these androids? But anyway. Um, I, th- I think because they're expendable. I guess so. And they, f- yes, they follow so. orders blindly. So, they're, they're sort yeah. of like the- For an evil evil company, like- um, I'm trying to remember the actual name of their- Like Hyperdyne Systems? No, I think it started with W- Oh, the, uh, the, the corporation. Um, they're made by Harbidone Systems, but yeah, yeah. the, uh, Wayland Yutani. Yes, Wayland Yutani. I'm thinking that, you know, androids are perfect for, for evildoers like Wayland Yutani because, you know, they want the aliens to, um, give birth some, somewhat. I don't remember, I don't remember the fucking alien law. What is, why? Why do they want aliens? To, are they just trying to they, uh, from, use them as weapons yes. and stuff? Yeah, basically yeah, okay. they they sent. Um, well, in aliens, they they sent a colony there to basically 
get them all impregnated with aliens to yeah. to create a, a larger stockpile of these aliens so that they could weaponize them and send them out into into um like war zones, war zones and and basically yeah. totally destroy everyone there. <laughs> yeah. So I like the idea that you're you're sort of thinking that you're doing noble things. Holy fuck, Lance Henriksen got old. Yeah. He's nearly 80. Yeah. He's 79. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I haven't seen a recent picture of him. For he's a while. an old yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's just, it shocked me. Um, it shocked me the Google image that came out. So, I, I like the idea of maybe you play, you know, an older bishop, a younger, bi- uh, middle-aged bishop and like a young bishop. <laughs> right. Okay. But uh, you said, though, that they'll just print out- it. Do they, do they print them out at that age? Yeah, basically- I mean, there would be reasons to make them different ages for different sort of- Particularly if they're, like, you know, designed for infiltration and, and to be sleeper agents. Hmm. I like the idea of, you know, you're, you're being given some rather benign tasks in, in which, you know, your three bishops are working together to try and do some- some things. I like the idea that they're, they're not- cu- it doesn't look like the orders are coming from Wayland yutani but it turns out that they- the orders the entire time have been coming from them, and they are basically setting you up to, um, to do some evil shit. Oh, so maybe you think- okay, so maybe these bishops are- like, so a- a- a rogue, uh, like a revolutionary group have- uh, taken over one of the like printing, the, the, the cyborg printing, um, Android printing presses. Yep. <laughs> press, but whatever. Uh, factories or, or machines. Yep. And so, yeah, they're, they're sending out these bishop, cl- um, clones, basically, bishop androids to, to do their work. But yeah, it turns out in the end that actually they've been manipulated the whole time. And, you know, Wayland Utani have full control over these bishops. They've just been letting them do certain things while, like, making sure that that nothing that actually is going to hurt them is going to happen. At the same time, they're gathering information on this revolution. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So, what what I what I kind of am envisioning for this thing, whenever you sort of die, your your new bishop will come out of like a. So, like in um, Bioshock, hey, you had those Vita chambers, you know, that mm-hmm. were sort of scattered around around the level. So, basically, they're almost like a checkpointing system. The last one that you sort of went by is now your active spawn point. Yeah, we could do it that way. I mean, I guess it depends how far down the, like, RPG, party-based RPG style you want to go. Because you could make it that if you're out on a mission- Oh, because I, I, want, I want literally the androids to be- you know, burst apart, like, and so you see white blood everywhere. Yeah, 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 for sure. But but maybe that just means that you've you now got one less feed for this. I guess until you get to the next player. until you get to the next fighter chamber and you can unlock. Yeah, I guess it depended on how you because I, I was more thinking like if you went down the RPG thing, then that's more of a single player thing where okay, you've lost one and you can't get it back until you, like, finish this mission and, and get back to your base sort of thing, your base of operations where you've got the resources to do so. But if you're actually going three players co-op, then, yeah, you probably want 
you you can't just have that person not play for the rest of the mission. So. Yeah. Uh, all right. So maybe this is a mix between like a third person shooter, like maybe a Mass Effect ish style combat thing. Yep. And and like an, a regular sort of FPS in mm-hmm. that you know it's action based, but yeah, it's this ongoing story. Uh, with where you can skill up your different bishops and. Now here's the thing: if they die, do you lose? Do you what skills and things? Um, if one of them dies, yeah, I think I think the one that remains or the the two that remain have to have to like salvage like the brain chip or something like that that they can plug into the um, uh, plug yeah, into the next one. That's cool. That's cool. I almost picture this as a bit of a heading back towards the shooter style, almost a co-op roguelike FPS. Yep. Or third-person shooter. So, in sort of the way that World War Z had specific missions that you just play through. Yep. You, as a team, or maybe you lock unlock it. I don't know if you unlock it individually. Like, I like the idea of going through a whole extended mission with the same three people, but like- Realistically, that doesn't happen. So you probably want each person to unlock things at their own rate. Yeah. Uh, but each time you play, you get the opportunity to unlock different skills and different things that you can that you can have in your bishop, and you can pick them up as you go through a mission. But yeah, if you die, you start as a fresh bishop unless you, the people you're playing with have have like saved um yeah, saved, saved your brain chip. And you know, maybe it takes a little bit of time to extract. So like, if they're under fire. They're, you know, under attack by aliens or whatever, then, you know, that they, they might not have the time to, to get their fucking knife and, and maybe they, <laughs> it was, it was Bishop who did the knife thing, right? Between the fingers? Yeah, I think so. Maybe it's a mini game to get the, <laughs> to get the thing out where you have to like hit specific spots <laughs> and not hit the things in between. <laughs> So, like, you have to, like, put your hand over their head and just, like, okay, I've got to stab here, 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 here. Oh, shit, hit my finger. Oh, fuck, I'm getting attacked. Oh, I'll try one more time, otherwise I'm not going to get this brain chip. Oh, yes, I got it. Um. What was that um, <laughs> What was that um, roguelike uh, VR game that we, we played? Oh, um, from other sums? Yes. That one? So, I'm sort of thinking it's it's almost got that sort of appeal of you're out- Sort of a long way away from you from your destination. You can sort of choose your sort of destinations as you go, and you each each place that you sort of stop off at, you can do missions there that come up. Yeah, you're not always against the aliens, but you sometimes may be going against rogue androids and that sort of stuff. Well, and I think even just military, you know, they're gen- you're you're you know, you're a rogue faction here. You're. So if you go, the, the military is controlled by Whalen Yutani, basically. So yep. you, you know, there's there, there's reason to go up against actual just other humans and stuff too. So yeah, I think you could get some good variety there. Throw a predator mission in there. <laughs> yeah, sort of like um, just occasionally, maybe maybe sort of hint at that. You know, you're going through this mission, and then all of a sudden, you're expecting like a lot of lot of forces to go against, but basically everything has been killed already. Yeah, yeah, you get there, it's just a bloodbath. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, fuck, and you see some, like, some some sign of a predator being there, and 
flayed bodies is a pretty good indication. Well, exactly. <laughs> but that can just be one of those cool roguelike, you know, random encounters that come up, don't come up very often, but they're, you know, they're a particular challenge. And you can maybe choose because generally in those games, you don't want to just completely destroy people randomly and not give them a chance to get through it. But yeah, they not. can choose and say, oh, I've got enough. Re- we've got enough resources here. We're going to take on this predator and obviously get a ton of loot out of it. Yeah. That's cool. I I like the idea of a of a of a three player, which is what from other sons actually was. It was a three player game. Yeah. Like, look, it, it, you're right. Now that I think of it, it, it was very similar to that. But but it's not in VR. It's it's no. Yeah. It's definitely a, a third person shooter. Yeah. But I, I I really like the idea of a single player version being still you control the three players, and you yeah can, you can maybe you can switch between them. Yeah, because you can have some have some puzzles where you know you have to. That's it. It doesn't have to all be combat. And I think even you know if you if you have some pre written um, kind of uh, vignettes and stuff where you you know like in something like FTL or whatever, like you've got dialogue choices you can make that might lead to diplomacy or combat or trade or different things mm-hmm. um, as you go. You know, you might run into other members of your revolutionary group and. You get to trade with them and yeah, different things. Um, I mean, kind of like in From Other Sons, where where the aliens were like the scariest thing that you could actually come up against. I'm not sure whether you ever got to those sort of levels, but they I were didn't play absolutely a ton of it. fucked up. Um, yeah, basically, I'm thinking that you know you you never know when you're gonna when you're gonna like come across the aliens. Oh, totally. And in fact, you could be fighting a contingent of you know of military. And suddenly they all just get destroyed, and there's like an alien yep. queen or something, whatever. Like maybe they're a queen, but yeah. And yeah. because because it's actually you know f- legitimate aliens, you can you can um, have like the motion sensor sort of thing, so you can. You can oh yeah, the- you play on the tropes. You play, I mean, the, the, not the tropes, <laughs> the 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 callbacks. Yeah, for sure. Um, and maybe because you're androids, it's just like inside your heart, inside your head, <laughs> or something. Well, hard because you're not first person, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the idea being that you don't actually have to have a physical- Or maybe you do. Maybe, you do. maybe it's a, an upgrade that you can get because a big thing of some of those alien games was only being able to hold them either your gun or the motion sensor. Yeah. Uh, so maybe one of the up- upgrades you get is an internal motion sensor which lets you hold your gun- yeah. At the same time. But that's like one of the unlockables as you play through, you know. Um, I like the idea of like an alien isn't something that you can easily kill. It's basically, you know, you cannot yeah, go definitely. anywhere near it. It's just as bad as a predator sort of thing. Like it's it's sort of like your boss enemy. It's not a typical grunt that you come across. But Yeah, I think But face huggers are definitely like something that you can come across and not that they can do shit to an android. But they can still kind no, of fuck no. you up a bit. Well, and you could you could shift the shift it a bit to say they can at least like d- incapacitate yeah. them, even if they are not actually able to implant. They they try to, but it's basically an inhos- inhospitable um, environment. It's like fucking a flashlight. It's like trying to get a flashlight pregnant. <laughs> it just don't. It just doesn't work. Bishop brand flashlights. <laughs> And then all the milky stuff comes out. It's 
<laughs> Three to one click. <laughs> Rushed swipe. Smashed sampling. A smashed sampling. Okay. For some reason, I'm I'm picturing like one of those sample stations in supermarkets. <laughs> okay. Yep. And you try to steal from it. I <laughs> I have a feeling that this is almost like so like your your character is trying to like rob uh, steal as much as they can from the supermarket. And, you know, stealing from from the free samples is sort of like the earlier things of the mission. <laughs> okay. Okay. Although before we go fully, because there's, there's some meat on those bones. Yeah. Some deli meat probably because, you know, it has That's to be cooked. You're going to serve it on the sample. Yeah. Uh, but my thought, my thought went to a VR game where you're manning the sample station. Mm-hmm. Mostly because I like the idea of someone trying to swipe something from it and you stab them with a toothpick, like a timing-based <laughs> thing. <laughs> uh, so maybe it's like about preparing the sample station, but also part of it is making sure people don't steal it. And yeah, you get to like poke them. Okay, I'm seeing this so like a super hot sort of thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, wait. Uh, explain. Uh- <laughs> Kind of like you, when when you get into when you realize that someone's about to steal, it goes into like a super hot sort of thing. You you can basically hold down a button to get into focus so that you can reach out, okay. grab the toothpick, yes, yeah. all right, and stab you know the fifteen people in the arms and and yeah. basically yeah you know have like have like a story behind. Maybe it's flashbacks to um <laughs> to when you were in war or something like that. That's why you can react. When so you're fast. in war and you had to stab. People who are trying to steal things. <laughs> the thing is, it's a sample plate, so technically they- they're allowed to take. Like, stuff if they from try it. to take a, maybe it's if they try to take a second one. It's not enough. <laughs> More than one each. Is there anything? I, I don't know that there's actually enough, like, to go on there. Is sorry, so I, sorry, I ruined s- it with the um, with the. Uh, super hot thing then. <laughs> no, no, no. You didn't. No, you didn't ruin it. I think just in general, there wasn't enough to go on there. I just like the idea of stabbing people with a toothpick in VR. But something said in a supermarket, and and having the sample stations be be at one aspect of that could be good. I guess it. Is it about like? Is it? Is it? What was it? Was it supermarket sweep? They had to find specific things around the store. I think there has been a yep. game of that recently, or something similar to that recently, though. So I'm now wondering whether this can be like a first-person version of Spy Party. Okay, where there's lots and lots of people in the actual store. You got yep. one person walking around as a, as a security guard trying to catch. Yeah, someone swiping stuff, and basically the other person's walking around the store trying right, to nice, trying to find the things that they want to swipe. Yep. So what they do? Might they have a do, list similar yeah, to Swipe Party where they have they've got a list of things, things that they need to do, and that could be you know take seven things from the um, from the sampling t- plate, and you know take um, try to steal some batteries and some other some other things. Yep, I like that. Okay. Because you could also have an aspect of, depending on what they have to steal, they have to have a way to hide it. Yeah. So, maybe they can prep before they come in 
you know, they could be carrying a backpack. And some of the NPCs will also have backpacks. Yep. But, you know, maybe they can have varying levels of sort of how full they are. So, you know, if you see someone with an overflowing, you know, bursting at the scenes backpack, maybe they're more suspicious. You know, maybe they can- Pregnant women, like the classic thing is like shoving a watermelon up your thing, right? Mm-hmm. Up, up, up your dress. So, <laughs> ma- so maybe pregnant women could be, you know, uh, suspicious, but you don't know what they're trying to steal necessarily. Like maybe they have to steal a watermelon. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like having to take a certain amount of things from the sample station, you're going to have regular NPCs just grabbing something from the sample station. But if you see someone take three things in a row, oh, maybe you're like, the NPCs generally aren't going to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I like that. That's that's cool. But one of the um one of the one of the characters that you can choose, the person manning the 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 um sample station, you the <laughs> the security right, guard because they're never- undercover security, of course. Yeah. So this is interesting because that's slightly less asymmetrical than Spy Party, which is fine, obviously. Yeah. Because in this case, both people are having to act. Like NPCs. Yes. Because you're each going to hide from each other. Yep. But only one person has these missions to do where they're, where they're going to do things that will almost certainly reveal themselves. Now, maybe, though, the, the security person has the ability to, like, go into restricted areas or something and view security cameras. Well, what I was about to say is they can- you know, view security cameras on their phone. Okay. Okay. So. Oh, and you actually have it like that the person could look over their shoulder and see, oh, they're looking at security cameras. Yeah. This is the security guard. Yeah. That could be cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, sort of like the, um, it's still asymmetrical, but it's, but it's. um. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it is. It's just, it's more like some of the things you have to deal with are the same. Like. Because I think you need to- Because one of the main things with Spy Party is that the controls you are given make it fairly easy to act in the same way, to move in the same way as the NPCs. Yeah. Like the way you lock into a conversation circle, the way you move up to a- You know, you can't easily just say, oh, well, they're like at a slightly different distance- or they had to shuffle, like there is the possibility that you have to shuffle in it, but that they had to shuffle a whole lot just to get the exact right distance away from something or trigger something. Oh, yeah. You know, that's basically me- that's basically metagaming in that point. What I'm thinking is you've still got, like, zones, um, and basically if you go around a corner, you can face into a zone, press a button, and it'll go into autopilot, go moving over. To- yeah, to, like, turn a corner or to go into the next aisle or something. Yeah. 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 And then you can choose there while you're there. Like, it'll automatically start picking up and looking at things or doing whatever, whatever it needs to do in that area. And you can sort of yeah. choose whether you, whether you try to pocket it, whether you can look around. But the idea right. being. Yeah. I think you'd have to, f- I think you'd have to find the balance between too much autopilot. Yeah. Cause I mean, obviously, obviously in Spy Party, you've got the opportunity to, to let the, the character play itself for a little while. But once you take control, like you've got control. Yeah. Okay. So maybe the zone is only like a two meter sort of zone around where where you're planning on looking at the item. Or yeah, I think it, I, something like that. I think it's more around just giving them the ability to 
like not giving them necessarily direct control over the character in situations where it would be really obvious that someone is controlling this character. Yeah. As opposed to an NPC following a, you know, a path. Yeah. Yeah, that's- I just, I really, I'm really in, into this idea. I've- I know, that's really cool. So- I love Spy Party. It's such a cool idea, and this is just- Oh, absolutely. Like the next evolution of it. Or just a different take on a different it, but take, yeah. yeah, with with well, definitely definitely inspired by a lot of its mechanics. Uh, it's because because what <laughs> I'm just trying to think of some of the different things you could steal and and how you could steal them because obviously there are things you could just slip in your pockets. Yeah, but again, yeah, but batteries have security tags and so do condoms. So right, you've got to work out how to <laughs> how to you know strip the the security tags. So therefore, yeah, you know. You have to find a place to actually strip it and hide the evidence. Well, and maybe you have to, like, stop by the kitchen aisle to get a knife to, like, you know- To slice um, it open. Peel it off or whatever, to slice it open or take it out. Or one of the things you can bring in that you can prepare is, like, a a neutralizer that that demagnetizes them or whatever you have to do. But, again, like, you've got limited things you can bring into your mission- and also it takes up pocket space or, you know, you might have limitations on where well, you can't bring a bag into- Because might, it might not just be supermarkets, right? You could do other types of stores and stuff too. Yeah. Different and levels. So, it's like, you know, they're, they're not they're going to search your bag in this one. So, you can't take a bag in uh, or you can take a bag in, but you can't take any- Like, you can't take a bag and the demagnetizer because it's going to be in your bag. They're going to find it when they search it because yep. of this particular level. They search bags- you know, going in and out, which also means you're going to need to find a different exit. Like you're going to have to use, find a way to use the employee exit or something. Find a way to to sort of sneak into the um into the back area, pull the fire alarm, and then you're all being explored. Yeah, out. yeah, exactly. But again, like it's just another another way for you to you know, if someone if the fire alarm goes, then the the security guard can like pull up the cameras on their phone. They're like, all right, who's near the the fire alarm? Because there's still, it's not going to, they're not just going to get out instantly. There's going to be, you know, everyone come out in an orderly fashion. Yeah. yeah they're not going to be checking bags. But what they weren't looking, what they didn't expect to see was the fact that someone had, had put spray paint over the camera. <laughs> Again, yeah. Look, and that's the thing. As long as you can take that risk as the the person stealing stuff, if you're sure that the security guard's not around, you can spray a, a camera. And if, as long as, you know, you've brought your spray paint or stolen it from the, from the art supplies aisle. Yep. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of things there. There's a lot of depth there where, you know, the, the security guard can be like, okay, well, I, I rely on the cameras, but the other person knows that. So, they're probably going to come to the art supplies aisle. So, I'm going to hang around the art supplies aisle to see who steals paint, right? Like- or who picks up paint and mark them, you know, because you could, I think you'd have the same, like, oh, yeah, you'd have the high light, low light sort of system where you can, you can set someone as suspicious or not. <clears throat> That's really cool. I think there's a, a lot of potential there. Yeah. For really cool, really cool mechanics. That's awesome. Do you hear that spy party guy, Chris Hecker? Once you have finished spending your like decade or more on developing spy party. Here's the 3D version. <laughs> yeah, he's well, the it is it's already 3D. Uh, he, here's he's the, the 
fully 3D in like well he's just he's the next he's the next the next stage yeah that, that's really cool three two one <laughs> inherited bedlam frightening diary oh okay this very much goes down like makes me think of one of those stories where it's just like a family drama, right? Mm-hmm. And somebody's died. There's all of these relationships. The you know some people get along, some people are really heated, and perhaps you play. And just this is because I'm just thinking of the inherited bedlam. Like yep. someone's died, and so the responsibility for this family has been passed down to you. Mm-hmm. Um, or almost uh, or almost an Arrested Development style thing where, like, Michael feels responsible for this ridiculous family. Yeah. And then, obviously, the- and then there's just- there's a diary involved in some way, which gives some insight into into perhaps how the person who died dealt with this. Yeah. Uh, or what they knew about these different relationships. Okay, so is it- the diary, is it a family member's or is it- or is it one that they sort of found in, like, an antique shop sort of thing? Uh, I was thinking it was the family member who died. Like, they kept a diary. And so, you know, maybe this plays out. I'm trying to think of how this would would kind of play out. Maybe everyone's in town for the funeral. Yep. And so, and look, this is kind of tropey in a way, but, like, there's the big family house or almost a mansion right yeah. like it's a big old house i like that, that this let's say the let's say the grandfather died you know his wife had died 15 years earlier and he'd kind of been hanging on he'd been the the, the patriarch of this family yep and and he kind of without anyone without people realizing he'd sort of been holding this family together in certain ways and so the family's all staying in this house in all different rooms across the house and you you now play like i don't know his eldest daughter or something it's kind of like a different take on the colonel's bequest sort of thing if you remember i don't that. i like i don't remember that that much but it was like that was a lorbo yeah that was the first one yeah it was set on an island but it's still sort of you know set in this big mansion there's right. stuff going like interactions going on between family members yeah. there's a yep. mystery to sort of look into, but you've also got a diary that sort of explains maybe where okay. this, where this, um, your grandfather left his wealth sort of thing. So you're trying to. Well, and I think I, there is an aspect definitely of, you know, people squabbling over the will and who, you know, who deserves what. But I think some of it is just, it's just part, like, it's just revealing the relationships and learning about this family and, and storytelling in that way. Yep. Um, so yeah, I think. Meanwhile, so basically, you, you start realizing that something maybe supernatural is what your what your grandfather was sort of experiencing, somewhat in the in the frightening diary. Sure, I'll I'll yes I'll yes end that. Yeah, okay. Well, he's he's <laughs> yeah he's explaining stuff like that. I like the idea that you can you can almost find out that it's um something that one of the family members has been trying to set up basically to. To frighten him to death, if you know what I mean. Okay, okay, okay. I I was going I was going more towards a bit of a sort of just 
introspective family story, but it probably is more interesting to take it into an actual semi-murder mystery-esque. So you're thinking someone- Someone who's there like that weekend. To who did something that led to his death. Yeah, but it was 100% natural causes. Like, he died of a heart attack, but what caused right. that heart attack was, like, a series of, of like, supernatural occurrences and- that's what you're reading in the diary. Okay, so what what's the supernatural force? I think it's kind of like it, you've seen like the Conjuring films and that sort of stuff, where there's like stuff moving around and, one, I think. and just like a poltergeist. Yeah, and doors opening and basically almost so feels you're like saying there's, a, then- there's a ghost in the house, but it turns out that there's not actually a ghost in the house in the end. Oh, okay. So we're saying that someone in the family- It's a Scooby-Doo Has, <laughs> has faked- Yeah, has faked a poltergeist. Yeah. Because they know that that this patriarch is, like, is superstitious deathly, or, like- Yeah. Deathly afraid of in, ghosts. Yeah. And-, and, and at the same time, perhaps, is- Like, maybe they didn't even mean to kill him. Maybe they're just doing- Maybe they're trying to change the will. But they're trying to manipulate him into changing his will. Yeah, uh, in their in their favor, but the stress of the stress of what they were doing ended up killing him, and he couldn't stop now. He couldn't stop now; like it's gone too far. But he has to try and continue yeah. it because it'd be too weird if it just stopped now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and and I think maybe part of it is that he didn't fully go through with changing the will or something. Like it hadn't been notarized or, or something like that, and and that, and so you. One of the mysteries you solve is sort of the timing around that. Yep. That actually the, the new will was mo- was notarized after he died or something. Yeah. That and that could be part of yeah part of the clues that you kind of bring up. And yeah, the fact that the person doing this manipulation didn't realize he was keeping a diary, and of course, so you, you sort of you're then you're discovering things from from the grandpa's point of view. Uh, where he just thinks fucking ghosts are happening and, yeah. and that, you know, that it's someone contacting him or telling him that he needs to change the will to, to do this or that or take someone out or put someone in. Found some, <laughs> yeah. found some messages on the mirror after having a shower and, um. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm picturing that you could even have some vignettes of, of sort of playing out what, what is written in the diary. Yeah. Look, yeah, I think have some flash, exactly. Have some, have some flashbacks. Um, I, I yeah. kind of like the idea that it's sort of like a, it's, it's like a Scooby-Doo mystery kind of thing that, you know, it's at the end, I would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for you. <laughs> sort of, sort of. Oh, totally. Slip that in there just as even as an Easter egg. Maybe not pulling off the mask, no. but. No. He I totally, just, he totally just says something like, I would have gotten away with it, with it if you didn't start meddling or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I'm sort of thinking about the sort of mechanics that you could actually have. Um, I'm almost seeing this as a VR sort of game. Oh, yeah. In that, during the vignettes and that sort of stuff, you actually play, like, the grandfather. Oh, you play the- Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that could be cool. Which could be kind of cool. Or, like, or even just a- Or even just a standard first person. Could be, like, a sort of walking sim adventure sort of- Yeah. Style thing. Like, the VR could add could add a bit, but- I'm, uh, I'm thinking, like, a gone home, but um, shit's actually going down. Yeah. But there's, there's still people around, but you- you're going down different different areas, like it's a stormy night, the lights keep flickering and 
Yeah, well, that's it as well. Like, you start believing that there's maybe some ghostly shit going on. Yeah. But it all just turns out to be one coincidence and two, this person who's been manipulating. Because maybe initially, you know, the ghostly stuff stopped when this guy died. Mm -hmm. But as this person realizes that you're investigating it, they like started up to then try to get take you off the track. Mm-hmm. So so you yeah, you do get some ghostly shit happening. But then that just sort of becomes part of the clues. It's like, oh, Jeremy, fucking Jeremy again, left the room <laughs> and then the light started flickering, you know. If if you're paying enough attention, you can kind of make those connections. I I'm I'm just picturing one one of my favorite sort of old sketch ideas was sort of like showing you know, after all this scary shit went down, like, the really mundane tricks that they were actually using to do it. Like, you see a hand come around the corner and just flick the light switch on and off really fast. <laughs> if you're looking in the right place, you can you can just see it from the very first scene. Uh, I'm, I'm just picturing that, like, in one scene you see something floating and then you see how it was done and he's just in a black suit just picking it up and moving it across the room. <laughs> he's in a green screen suit and they're like, yeah, we just we just uh, matted him out, you know, keyed, keyed him out. It's like, it's like how the hell did I just broke in the fourth wall? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> For one, this isn't even a movie. It's a game. <laughs> yes, but you saw that on, on the security camera, didn't you? It was like, no, I was in the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, shit, that didn't work out. <laughs> All right. I think we'll I think we'll finish it up there for tonight. Uh-huh. Thanks for joining us this week on BitStorm. If you want to find us online. Go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm. All of our links are there. All of our previous episodes. Uh, you can even check out uh, a few lists we've got there of episodes with uh, podcasters and with game developers. Uh, so take a look at that. Uh, we're also part of the 8-Bit Collective and you can go to 8bit.net and you can go there and find a number of other podcasts uh, you know, mostly about gaming. We've got a few other ones. I know there's a wrestling one. And, you know, we're all just a, a bunch of, a bunch of friends who kind of help each other out and, uh, you know, have, have similar interests. So check that out. If you have similar interests to us, then you can also check out the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. Search for hashtag AJPN on Twitter or look for the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook. Check out all the awesome Australasian gaming podcasts out there. Finally, we'd like to thank Kuradust for the song Mount Defiance of the album Containment Failure. That's it. Oh. So, thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. Ghost throat. There's a ghost in my throat. Ghost throat.